0: This is the A to Z Podcast. Zach Jackson, Andre Knott, at Akron Jackson, at Dre Knott, on most of your favorite social media platforms, at facebook.com slash A to Z Podcast at A to zpodcast.com Shouts, as always, to scene to the Honeymoon Grill, to American Fireworks, always open at americanfireworks.com. It doesn't seem like um, that it's going to be fireworks season at any time, but, I mean, it is February, Dre, like we're getting a little closer um we had some we're real snow the last few days um i'm just gonna say it we've been quarantined here going on two full weeks i just had to do video call i haven't had a haircut in seven weeks um Ooh. we are really really fortunate we have awesome friends and family who have taken care of us and they've been sending food over and i like food um <laughs> in this instance the easiest thing is to send italian food right pizza comes in boxes yeah. and Pasta can be thrown into tubs. I mean, I've eaten so much and then gone back to laying on the couch. Um, I'm now staring outside like the lost puppy that I am. And I guess we'll talk some sports if you want.
1: Quarantine 15. starting Zach Jackson. (laughs) Minimum. Minimum. Uh, Lasagna for breakfast, baby. (laughs) The way to go. It's a Super Bowl week. Um, And it just seems inevitable that – just about everybody you know has gone through some quarantine of some sort. I had my scare last week, uh, or actually took the test of tests. Not the anal one that they're trying out in China. I, I think I want to avoid that one. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I mean, you just wrapped up really everyone's whole year, um, you know, in one way or another. Uh, but it's Super, it's Super Bowl week, and we all know that you have your feelings and thoughts about what should happen in the Super Bowl. Kind of funny you had to go on of quarantine after you wrote that um all right, let me start you. Let me just say something. Um, I think it's sports talk, and, and I'm not, look, I'm nobody, I'm not Joe Lald Yad Budsman, or whatever, anybody like that, or I'm not, you know, the spokesman on what can and cannot be talked about on radio, but the Lord knows. Um, I've heard it all. I think the cool thing about sports talk, and whether it be the agency podcast, whether it be your favorite show that you call it, 216 Sports, you know, whatever the number is, I should know it, uh, since I still kind of steal money doing that, Regardless, the greatest part about sports talk is BSing and sitting at a bar and having those type of conversations that you have, uh, knowing that it's mostly 90% bullshit, what you're talking about and discussing, but it's fun to discuss because that's how sports go. Um, whether it be with trading cards as a little kid, whether it be in a hot stove talk that we used to have with baseball, but baseball does everything as backwards in 2021. Um, so conversations are had. And I... Don't understand locally, and I, well, I do understand putting anybody down. I know the have been so backwards and so whack when it's a clean Browns, and especially quarterback position. You guys from Outsiders, what happened last week with this or maybe John Watson, there's about a 3% chance that it could ever happen. So, therefore, if there's something to a 3 to 6% chance of it happening, I don't understand how people get out of the pocket about it and just can't have the conversation. Um, is it going to happen? Like I just said, there's a 97% chance it's probably not going to happen. But isn't that the beauty of sports talk when you're sitting around a bar, or when you're sitting around a, you know a barber shop, where you just bullshit and BS about, hey, what if this guy happened to play for this team, or what would you do in this lineup? Um, I just didn't understand just the, the, the craziness and how you guys you guys some of you guys stick up for Baker Mayfield better than you do for your mom or your girlfriend. <laughs> I, I don't get that. <laughs> I
0: don't. Yeah. Um. No, it's funny because I was doing the asking Jackson mailbag yesterday, and there was a question and. I said, you know, I picked this one right away as I sorted through them. And I said, and the reason I did is because I don't think it has an answer. Matter of fact, I know it doesn't have a real answer, but it reminds me of a question that you and your buddies would argue, or a scenario that you and your buddies would argue about while you're having some beers, right? And so, like, right. that's what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be fun, right? That one was, can you win a Super Bowl if your top four receivers are OBJ, Landry, Higgins, and DPJ? And it's like, ooh, that's that's a really good question because it is you, you got some very you know, some varying talents there. Um you, you got some real talents there. You got an, an emerging guy or, or potentially emerging guy in, in Peoples Jones. Like clearly in that game, um the Browns missed Odell Beckham or they missed that guy that can really stretch the field and they need that guy, right? Um right, there's only right. one number ten that we're gonna see on Sunday night. There's only one of him in the whole world. And they got him in the yeah. fifth round because of his circumstance, and they stuck with him because of his talent. But, like, you know, a guy who can do some of the things he can, take it on reverses and jet sweeps and, you know, give you a different look in the slot, and then occasionally just run as far as he can as fast as he can. And if he catches one out of every three, you're, you're in business. Um, I'm not sure that group has that guy. I think no. it's, no, you well, know, I, I think well, it's completely fair yeah. to wonder – about OBJ and his age and his salary coming off this injury.
1: Um, well, let me, let me ask you a question. Because I got something off. This. Let me ask you a question. For the money and the dead weight that it would take, because I've already stated I think OBJ should be on the team. I think anybody that states they're better without them don't understand how offense works, how guys line up. That's my opinion. I'm not always right. Um, can they – because whether you have OBJ or not, you have to have someone that can stretch the field, as you were saying. You're going to have dead money if you were to cut him or to trade him. You're not going to get anything for trade because he's coming off an ACL injury. Can you find someone that can stretch the field and deal with the salary cap ramifications if he's not on the team? That's the question I would ask you.
0: Yeah, no, they're in good cap shape. Um, you know, the thing is, is they're headed for potential cap issues because of all the guys you want to extend and keep, and right. you obviously need to upgrade the defense. But –
1: they're are plenty good problem.
0: on, on cap. Yeah. Now, the one thing you look at is okay, the receivers are two your two highest paid guys, and they're both, you know, gonna be twenty eight go, going going north. And then next year, you know, before you add anybody this year, you're looking at like seven or eight guys who will make ten million or more, which is you know, what Super Bowl teams have, right? But right. three Wrong of them way. would be OBJ, Landry, and Austin Hooper catching passes, and, and nobody else has that set up. So, yeah, yeah that I, I think well, that it's – go ahead.
1: Go ahead. No, I would say let me pause on that. Let's pause on that part of it. Um I You're right, but it, it, let's erase 2020. The salary caps are – I know 2021 is going to be different. Salary cap. NFL has got money set. For years. Don't so they got like a $9 billion coming in with TV contracts? The salary cap is going to change. I mean, between the Browns offensive line and what you just said with the three pass catchers, catchers, is that a big deal? Yeah, it's a big deal. I'm not belittling it. But I, what I'm trying to say is, I think that's going to become kind of the norm. With special, with certain teams going forward, you know what I'm, you understand what I'm saying. That way? yeah,
0: well, it, it's all in how you're built, right? It's not just right. stack talent or stack big contracts or whatever. It's all in how you're built. Um, if you're the Chiefs and you got Pat Mahomes, then like what Tyreek and Kelsey make is not nearly enough. You know, right? Like their worth to your team is not not nearly enough. Um, I will tie these these two conversations we've had together. This way, Dre. Um, like, as they go about making decisions, some some in the next two months, but more of the big financial decisions are going to come 12 months, 18 months from now as, as the Browns try to open this window, try to push up to really be in the elite and, you know, try to win win trophies. Um, Andrew Barry cannot let personal feelings get in the way. Um, right. And, and, you know, when those of us on the outside, that's just what it is. You have favorite players. You have your favorite team, obviously. And as we say all the time, if you've been rooting for the Browns through all this, then you deserve to enjoy it. But, like, Jarvis Landry, for example, who you know I sing the praises of and he means so much more than what he shows up in a box score, right? Uh-huh. He can his ass and can play any receiver spot and always blocks and always shows up to practice, to the games, to the meetings, and brings it. We've seen it. Hard Knocks showed us that. We've seen the 10 coaches they've had in the last six years talk about that. You know, On third down, they go to Jarvis Landry, and he makes the plays. But Jarvis Landry's not getting any younger. Jarvis Landry had never missed a game in his career until the COVID thing in week 16, which tells you he's got a lot of miles. He had the hip surgery last year. He had the crack ribs. Like, Eventually, you're going to have to take your feelings out of it, and make a decision on how much you can pay Jarvis Landry. Like, right? That's that's not now. Yeah. That's not next month. No. But, like, you're no. going to have to do that. Um, the the thing with Watson and Mayfield, you said it right, it is a very small percentage chance that it would happen. But the reason it's a realistic discussion, there are two reasons. One, Deshaun Watson has a no-trade clause, so he dictates where he goes. The Browns have potentially the NFL coach of the year, Right. <laughs> arguably the best offensive line in the league and a discussion we're having about a receiving core. That's potentially good enough to win. In addition to the best one, two running back punch in the league is Deshaun Watson ever had any of those things. No, he's had a left tackle for a couple years and he had one dominant receiver for a few years. Right. Right. Um, Anyway, one, he can dictate where he goes. And two, if the Browns were interested and we don't know, we know they should be at least in exploring it, they can offer in Baker Mayfield, what almost no other team could offer, right? Exactly. So whether there exactly. are 25 or 28 or 22 teams that realistically, if the Browns saw themselves as one of those, they could offer a quarterback who's under team control for two years, who played, who's playing at a really high level right now, and that would be something that if the Texans say we have to trade this guy who is our franchise, who's undoubtedly one of the five most talented players in the league, who's worth every penny, that would be one thing that they would attack rather than taking a package of draft picks. We don't know if any of that's going to happen. Right. But I can assure you, even for those of you who want to tell me or act like the Baker personally last summer climbed the tree and saved your cat all by himself. <laughs> you have to say, like, right? The, the goal is to win the Super Bowl. So they've arrived at that stage. You want to tell me we're not trading the quarterback to get us to the playoffs? I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. However, in 20 years, it will be 20 years before another player of Deshaun Watson's caliber is made available. So if you don't discuss that in the realm of all your discussions about how can we take that next step, how can we beat who might be the greatest fucking quarterback to ever live and who's 25 years old because that's who you have to go through to win the Super Bowl. And we've gotten a lot of things wrong on this show. But, like, after Patrick not Mahomes' that. third career start, we told you this guy might be the greatest to ever do it.
1: I remember that, yes. <laughs> well, let me say this. Andrew Barry ain't doing his job, people, if he yes. doesn't have this discussion. Like, that's part of, part of the job is, and, and, and I think, like and, I, and this takes us perfectly into the ramps. Um, and I'm not tooting my own horn. Zach may, admit, may not admit, but I've been trying to tell Zach for probably, like, eight weeks because I watched, and I'm not putting anybody down. Zach's working when the four o'clock games come on during the season. I ain't doing shit. I'm usually on my fourth beer on my fifth TV um, and I'm watching and I'm, I'm having the time of my life. And I told Zach like back in like, I don't know, November, the Rams are done with with golf. Like you can just tell how they ran their offense. Um, I, I know that the reaction has been like, Oh my God, three first round picks. Can I think that? And I, I can think, and I will think, I think the trade the Rams made with the Lions is perfect for both sides. I really do. The, the Lions aren't going anywhere soon. They're in the, they've been in the same situation that the Browns have been in for years. They gave the new coach, who, the Mister kneecaps himself, six years. That basically says we're, we're, we're starting over. We're going to tear it down. Now they've got a quarterback. And look, if you like Golf, that's fine. To me, the problem with Golf is he has to have a running game. Has to run, use play action. That's how the Rams had success with them. Uh, when the Rams wanted, when McVay wanted to change the offense. Felt like golf couldn't do it. Um, they did the same thing with Todd Gurley. Now I know there's other people. I know there's people out there. And look, we're built upon this, and this all plays together. Um, we're, built upon lo- uh, we're built upon loyalty. We're built upon, you know, having falling in love with our players. Zach made a great point of um, a general manager can't he can't play favoritism to his favorite player when building the perfect roster or building the team to win. Um, and we always talk about windows opening and closing. And I've always been for that. And I kind of talked about this, I don't know, during another season. But to me, what the Rams are stating to us, whether I agree with it, whether my grandfather agrees with it, whether you agree with it, they're saying we've got Aaron Donald, who's one of the, the most, one of the most fearful, forceful defensive players in football. We may have two, three more years of them being just this, this wrecking ball in the middle of our defense. We've paid Jalen Ramsey to be one of the best corners in football, and he's done it. That's only going to last two or three years at most. To them, their best chance to win a Super Bowl in the next two, three years, considering the division they're in um, and considering what you know, league they're in, being in the NFC, they feel like Stafford can do it. And let's be honest, are, you know, are the GM and the coach going to be with the Rams in six seasons? NFL stands for not for long. If this doesn't work out, they, they say, shoot, we shot our shot. Shot didn't work. We tried our best. We move on. I don't have a problem with managing that way. I don't have a problem with the team saying, you know what, we, hired, we, we drafted Goff, number one overall, we got to the Super Bowl with him, we gave him a contract, and now we're realizing that was a mistake. We shouldn't have gave him a contract for where we're trying to go and what we're trying to do. We're going, we're, we're going, to, we're going to make better of it. Because most teams and most general managers, in my opinion, they would make a mistake on Goff and they would ride that to their, to their firing. It would hurt the rest of the team. They would overpay for a guy that they know that him that, that pulls them back and they would just die on that tree. Now, look, Zach may come back at me in two years and go, hey, McVay and crew, they just got fired because they screwed up McVay or they screwed up Goss and they screwed up Gurley. Or we may be looking at this as this is how young guys that run franchises do it now because NFL stands for not for long. These windows don't stay open very often. And if you just win one of these championships, it it changes your whole life. I understand what they're doing. What Les Need is doing, I, I like it. I like what the Lions did, and I think we're going to see more of it. And I think it plays in perfectly too. If you are the Cleveland Browns, you are close. When you get close, you don't get scared and stop trying to get better. You continue looking to see how can we take that next step. So I just think that's where the NFL is at right now, and I kind of like it.
0: I mean, I I agree with almost everything you said here. Um, I would just wrap it up by saying this. They can't win the trophy with Jared Goff. They knew that. So we can sit here and debate whether they can win it with Matthew Stafford. None of us know that answer. But they knew they had to move on, right? And they knew they had to structure this trade and give up enough to make people on the outside say, wow, they gave up a ton. Because that's what they're chasing, one trophy, right? right? I think, and I'm not trying to turn this into, like, I promise you I'm not trying to turn this into Stafford versus Mayfield or can Mayfield win the Super Bowl because I've told you I don't think he can. Um, I don't know about Stafford, but, like, the Rams have Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, okay? That gives them a chance. The Browns have Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward. That gives them a chance. Are those two Donald and Ramsey right now? No. Are they close? Yes. Mm -hmm. Are you seeing the comparison here? Like, are you knocking on the right. door? The Rams made it to the same round of the playoffs this year that the Browns did, right? Um yep. the Rams are have, have been taking out different mortgages on their house salary cap wise for for three seasons right. now. Two seasons ago they were in the Super Bowl. So yeah, so can I do do I think the Browns are right there on the doorstep? Yes. Uh in the NFC, the Rams can get there without having to go through the Chiefs. Now potentially the Rams are gonna play in the most loaded division in football. Um Yes. <laughs> if the Niners get yeah, Deshaun yeah. Watson, your four quarterbacks in the mm. NFC West would be Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, Matthew Stafford, and Russell Wilson. <laughs> Good Lord. Good Lord. Um, even I... if the Niners don't get Deshaun Watson, if the Niners get healthy, they have half the team back that played in the Super Bowl just 365 days ago. Right, guys? Um, mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like, you have to go for it. The Browns are in fine shape cap-wise. Okay, they got some pretty clear defensive hosts. Last year they came in with a brand-new GM who did a darn good job for his first year. They came in with a brand-new head coach who did a darn good job for his first year. And they, they took a roster that, as we all saw, was better than a 6-10 and 10 roster. They won a bunch more games. You know How can they get to where they really need to go? They, they need to improve the defense. I would just say this about Baker and Watson, and again, I'm not going to dwell on it. Uh, if you actually read the article, I outlined – the possibilities small and the realities many. Um, I'm I'm going to say this: if you really think that the Browns need the 26th pick in the draft that badly, then you are. you yeah. They don't. They're not a Super Bowl team. They're just. They're just not. Right. And 11 and five was a mirage. Do they need reinforcements? Yes. Do, do they need to be better at key positions and have a stable? of defensive backs rather than, but they want 11 by throwing those guys out there. Right. So like, hey, they, yeah, yes. Yeah, so the, the one, will I absolutely hear your arguments that you, that there's no need to disrupt the chemistry that the head coach and the quarterback and the receivers have abs of freaking lootly. Will I listen yeah. to your arguments that by giving up a couple of draft picks, you would sacrifice any chance? No, then you people don't know what you're talking about, and you're, you're just arguing for the sake of arguing. You're pandering to those people who listen to you, right? Like, that's right. Right. that's what it is. I'm just saying, guys, like, can, winning eleven's hard. We all know that. I know that. You know that. Everybody listening knows that. Um, is the next step harder? Probably. Yes. Those of yes. us here in Cleveland don't know that for sure. Yeah, I, I'm just right. saying like, it is, it is. It is. Um, so you have to, as we've mentioned, whatever the evaluation is of Baker, of Denzel, of Wyatt Teller, of these defensive free agents, of anyone else, like the Browns not only have to nail those evaluations, but they have internally, they have to know how close they are in and when they plan to go for it. Because as disappointing as it was to lose that game when you had chances because Mahomes got knocked out, It was still a great season. 12 wins, buried the Steelers, buried all the dubious streaks and the the longest playoff drought in the NFL, something that defied all logic and all odds, 19 seasons, without making the playoffs, right? Um, But it's still the start. It should be the start of something. You can't take for granted that getting there, you'll just get there again. You'll just win 10 or 11 again. You You can't do that. But the Browns are positioned to continue to ascend, it's about getting getting there and winning that trophy one time. The Rams are in on that. The Chiefs are uniquely positioned to win a bunch of them. Can the Niners get back there? I don't know. They might need Deshaun Watson to get there. Um yeah,
1: Can there the Bills it. topple the Chiefs?
0: <laughs> I don't know, but they're in your way too. The Ravens, they're in hey, your way wait, wait, too. Wait, wait. Like,
1: yeah, you, I'm, I'm, I got to say something. Uh, the Bills general manager, help me, help me. I know uh, Brandon. B. Was, it doesn't matter. Brandon, yes, he came out last week after losing to the chiefs and said, there's a lot of, there's there's a lot of separation between us and the chiefs. I thought that was a huge statement because Buffalo, I mean, Buffalo like back-to-back playoff team, uh, you know, they've obviously turned it around. They found their future quarterback. Uh, You you guys, people know, and for their GM and coach to come out and say, we still are, are, we still have a lot to go to try to catch up with the Kansas city chiefs. Now I saw that, on AFC championship day. I'm pretty sure you guys did, but you don't hear general managers say that very often. And and to me, and then not that Andrew Berry has to say that for the Browns, um, because the Browns, we may be sitting here a week from now going, the Browns had the best chance to beat the chiefs in the playoffs in 2021. That I could very easily see that happening because Mm -hmm. of the injury to Mahomes, And I think that's the part that stinks because that's what we're going to remember. But you're right. This is a great building block. Now, and it is harder, people. We've I've had people tell us, coaches, general managers, and all sports saying it is so much easier, and we've said it on the podcast, so much easier to go from bad to good, good to average, you know, average to good, good. The next step to great is hard because you have to make decisions upon people that helped you win. Yeah. Um, you know, they're going to have to make decisions on DBs, um, like Money Mitch. Like, we all think that he, we all, I, I think you and I think he may be a three-corner at best, maybe a four. But we found out in 2020 your three and four corners may come up pretty pretty big um, and when you play Kansas City, you're going to need three, four, five corners to play them in certain sets and certain things that they play in. So then you have to ask yourself, what is that worth to me? What is a fourth corner, a third corner worth? Can he play special teams? Can he help us in other places? Is he a good enough guy in, in, the, in the locker room? Those are hard decisions because it's easy to say, well, we can just draft a kid out of Boston College that runs down the field. He can cover kickoffs If he can be our fourth, you know, he can be our fourth corner and that only will cost us $800,000. Right. Mm-hmm. Or do you say nah? And these are the decisions that make a difference or do you pay 2.5 million for, you know, two, I'm just using a number three, five, whatever, to keep a guy who's not one of your main guys, who's not a guy that, you know, that you put on the program or you put on the tickets on game day, but you do need him for his importance. You said that about Jarvis to me, Jarvis is worth every penny he makes before you even go on the field. And it's pretty obvious he's worth that money on the field because when it's money down, that's who you go to. Like, when you want yeah. to move the chain, right. that's who you use. He changed the attitude of your team. So, is he worth maybe whatever whatever he's making? Okay, let's say he's making the same amount as some guy, that's you know, third or fourth in, re- in receptions in the NFL and a burn. Is he as good as that guy, per se? No. But he's worth it for your team because of every all the elements he brings. That's why this is going to be hard. And I'd say as Browns fans this. You're not most likely going to get – you're not going to – like – you know, you're most likely not going to lose your favorite player if it's Baker, Mayfield, whomever else. But over time, if this team becomes something and is good for four or five years, there are going to be some guys you like a lot right now that aren't going to be a part of this team in three years. That's just how it works. Yeah, yes. Like it, and, if it's, you know, and if the team is good enough, if they're good enough at what they do, a la Baltimore Ravens, Pittsburgh Steelers, they will draft guys that will fill in and you'll fall in love with and forget why you like a guy like Money Mitch, who I'm just using as a, as a you know as a, you know as an example?
0: What wise people have told me this, and it plays out. Um, you know, outside of the Miles Garrett's, the Tyree Hill's, the top of the top in this league, Dre personnel is fickle. Why? Because there's a lot of good players. Yep. There's a lot of good players, and injuries happen. Careers are short, right? Um, guys want to get paid. And play a certain way, handle it a certain way. Guys do get paid and handle it a certain way, a different way. Like, to me, the Browns are sustainable because they're young and they're talented and they have a couple of great players and a bunch of really good ones. But, like, what makes it sustainable as they try to get those good ones better and keep them and keep them good is the O line, right? They're well coached and they're finally at a spot. And this goes to what you were just saying of keeping their own guys and knowing. Because for years, they've changed systems, they've changed schemes, and they've had a whole lot of guys who are just NFL players, right? Whether they drafted them in the second or the fifth, who didn't work here and went somewhere else and played because they just they, they got right. lost in the shuffle of the new
1: guys, right? Mike Adams, well, Pops. Right. Pop became like, – like, he was a good player, but everybody here was just like, is he a corner? Is he a safety? He's a nice special teams guy. He played like eight more years and went to the Pro Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> like, what you And, he left. and <laughs> like,
0: nobody – not Ozzie Newsome in his prime, not the Steelers building these teams, not anybody has ever run off a a draft where like three drafts in a row, they draft 15 star players. That's not how it works. But where the Browns have gotten screwed and done this to themselves through the years is so bad and starting anew and trying to do this, trying to outsmart everybody, that you're trying or need to, or both, draft starters in the third and fourth round. Right? Whereas once you're settled... You're taking guys that you're supplementing that you're saying, we're not sure what this guy is or if he's a day one starter or if he's a starter at all, but we know he makes our group better when we got to go to Kansas city. Right. When we got to go to Baltimore, which is where the division still runs through. Right. So like all of a sudden it's just so much easier to draft when you're good. It is. You don't draft as high, but like at 26 this year, they got all the options. If they think they need to go up 10, 12 spots and get a guy, then again, what in the world does next year's first round pick, what does it mean to you? Not jack shit. Not, that right. being said, if you sit and you wait, and now all of a sudden 24 is up, and you still got three guys you like because you're, you like them all, and they can all help you beat the Chiefs, beat the Ravens, fix your defense, now you can trade back and pick something else up. And I'm just saying right now on February, whatever it is, six weeks out, like, the Browns are in a healthy cap spot and the Browns are on that verge where the Browns can really make some headway is by trading their picks for proven players for the next year or two, right? When the Eagles and the saints and other teams have to shed this cap space, it doesn't mean you're going to get a star. It might, it might, you might have to give up a ton for the Marshawn Lattimore's of the world, obviously, and some other guys, but like, they did a really good job. They came in last year and they were super aggressive to fix the offense and help the quarterback and evaluate the quarterback. Now, on the defensive side, they've got flexibility. They got a lot of open jobs. Every single defensive free agent they signed last year was to a one year deal. Why? So they can evaluate those guys, know which yep. ones they want back, and have that money recycling this year. Like you can the Rams are the biggest example of this. You can always find money in the NFL. Yep. Right? Like the, the yep. cap yep. exists. Yep. But by restructuring and pushing it forward, you can always mortgage on the house. The Rams are on their fourth mortgage. I mentioned that earlier. <laughs> and like I said, when it blows right.
1: up in their face, but right. mean, and so knowing and, you can do, they do that, walk away. Yeah,
0: so knowing you can do that makes it so much more important that you know what you have and what you need. Right? Like For I sure. don't think the Browns are one linebacker or one safety away from winning the Super Bowl. Those guys would sure help, right? Like, oh, yeah. They, they need to look at Miles Garrett. What, what kind of players around Miles Garrett? Like, I don't know. Larry Ogajobi didn't have a great year. He's not going to get a bunch of money. He might be back. He might not. They might have other plans for that spot. I know and Sheldon's dirty. Do D. linemen
1: get money, though? See? They All do. One team to offer Especially young and athletic you know, ones you know like I mean. Larry.
0: Yes. Yeah, so right. what I'm saying is, like, you you got to get rushers because that's the best way to help your secondary. And even though you're counting on Delpit to come back and you're counting on Ronnie Harrison, who is a f- steal for a fifth round pick and was a good player, you know, he was hurt a lot too. Um, for my money, I need a veteran safety on this team because I got to take six defensive backs to make it to game 18, game 19, right? I, got I, cannot, I I cannot live the way I lived last year with a fucking rotation of Sheldrick Redwine and Andy Sandejo. I, I can't live that way. No. Right? So well, – yeah. So now that the Rams and the Saints have to put guys on the market because they've spent their money elsewhere, I'm looking into those safeties, you know? And then in a year of grant Delpit's a star. Then you've built a monster, not a team, you know, but like, yeah, yeah. These decisions are hard. These decisions are more important. You're right. But theoretically they should be easier because when you're evaluating your own stuff and in your own schemes and you know, your own building, your own roster and internally you really know what you think about the guys you have and what you need, starting with the coordinator, on down to the practice squad guy that got called up last year three times. Like then you really know where do we push our chips in and go.
1: Yeah. Another team on their fourth mortgage, the Seattle Seahawks. Who trade you know, they they do things differently. Um, you know, you just look at their roster, Jamal Adams, like there was no way in the world you could have told me a year and a half ago, Jamal Adams would be on their roster and paid how he wants to be paid, yeah. but he is, <laughs> you know, like it's just, that's how they do business. Um, a couple things off of that. I think this is fun because all right, for me personally, and I didn't even want to talk draft or talk this, but, cause I got a question I want to throw out to you. Um, I have to draft. If I'm the Browns, I want to draft a defense, a young defensive end, and I want to sign a defensive end who can got, who's gotten after the quarterback. To me, the race to the quarterback in the front four is the end because that's what the Super Bowls are getting ready to be about. Think about what's made a difference for the, for the Tampa Bay Bucs, that they're able to get pressure. You know, we can talk about Brown being on the team for net, obviously Brady, but, you know, Shaq is playing better than he ever played. To, not, not ever, but pretty close to how he played when he was on a Super Bowl team the last time, right? Jack Barrett. And you can say anything about JPP, um, who has been hit or miss for the last four or five seasons, but suddenly the fire's been lit. They've got two fast linebackers. They got, like, you just look at how Tampa Bay built. Like, it was sexy to talk about Brady. It's sexy to talk about the receivers they have, but they built a defense quietly, like, quietly and paid certain guys on one year contracts, two year deals. Um, They got a Dominican Sue, who's made all of his money already. That, you know, Jason Lick has kind of showed you how to take the steps and not worry about paying that, paying the rent or getting that next mortgage, especially when you got, when you go all in, when you put all the chips on the table for Tom Brady. So I wouldn't worry about – I like where the Browns are at. And the other thing that the Browns have is that they still have – they have players on their roster right now who have room to grow. Nick Chubb can get better, mm-hmm. um, and that's crazy to say. It's weird to even come out of my mouth, but it's true. Um, Baker Mayfield can be better. Miles Jarrett can be better. Ronnie Harrison can be better. Um, I think they need linebackers. That's a whole other story. Um, can 21 be better? Maybe. Uh, I, I like where they're at. This should be a fun time of the year. And I guess all I was trying to say at the start of this is we can't you can't get your panties in a bunch about a conversation about getting better when you're there. Um, yes, Baker Mayfield is a huge reason why you won 11 games. I will not take that from him. He played so much better in the second half. But you have a base now that not only do you have your quarterback of the future, and what is the future in the NFL? Like, what is the next future? Next week. Like in, thank you. Yeah. The future is the next game. So, like, like so I, I know everybody wants Bernie Tozar. We all do. We all want it. And I know GV Arts and all the T-shirt companies do, too, so they can sell some TMT shirts to people that actually play here. But, and, I, and this is a sports thing. The loyalty of sports, we're more loyal to our teams than the teams are to the players and the players are to the teams. That's Please right. remember that. That's right. Um, please remember that. Please be that. It's yeah. true.
0: So, you know, you made a good point about Tampa's defense, right? I mean, there's one way that Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid lose the Super Bowl, and that's that their offensive linemen have been they've been losing them like crazy, right? And you know. and Tampa's defense has been getting better. And like the one way you envision it is they get back there. And cause turnovers. Those linebackers flying yep. around, make a tip ball interception, and those guys coming off the edge in the fourth quarter get to Mahomes before he can let it rip. Right? That like that's the blueprint, right? Um For sure. So yeah, so when you look at the Browns defensive line, you got Sheldon Richardson, absolute baller. You got him for one more year. He's he's thirty years old. Like he you know, playing at a peak level, playing the way he plays, he doesn't miss games, he doesn't miss practices. He's been around the league. He's played different positions, different schemes. He plays his ass off. You got him for one more year. You got Miles, freak of freak, peak of peaks. You got him under contract. You got nobody else, man. You got Adrian Claiborne, who's a nice guy to have in in tutor this guy you're about to draft. You got Adrian Claiborne for one more year. I mean, I thought he played really quality snaps this year. It's year 11 or year 12. He's 33. Um, You got Andrew Billings potentially probably coming off the opt-out list. You know, on a one-year deal, he's that's playing right. for a contract. You know, what is he? Is is he better than an average NFL player? I don't know. We're going to find out. I think he's.
1: A, I think he's. A, I think he's a better run stopper than the guy. Who's, I think Ogunjobi's gone. I think that's Bill. Yeah, I forgot it, about Bill. it does. Billings point will that be your way, run stopper,
0: right? Um, yeah. You drafted a kid in the third round last year, a defensive tackle, because you knew that you were facing some decisions with Richardson, with Joby, with Billings only coming in here on a one-year deal. Although obviously nobody knew of the opt-out at the time, so. um yeah, so, you know, you're just not there in that regard, right? Like, you've got Miles, and we've seen what peak Miles can do. And and Miles changed six or eight games this year for you. Um, right. You know, obviously, you, you hope and pray that there's nothing like COVID ever again. You need Miles to change those six or eight games starting about the time that Baker changed his season, right? Because those are the ones that everybody's right. going to remember. But the best way to support him and the best way to do that is to put better players around him. And, and, and Vernon balled out for – for six or eight weeks there's no question i, I mean give nope. him all the credit they're gonna miss him um and he was gonna make money He still probably next december will make some money you know assuming he he gets healthy and all that but like they're just thin Dre. you know you you had you don't know about greedy so that made mitch your two corner he's a free agent kevin johnson was your slot corner your three corner he's a free agent you didn't have another one you got MJ Stewart on a cheap contract for one more year, so you hope like hell that he can be your utility defensive back and get in the right place at the right time, like he did two weeks in a row, right? Like you, right? You, your job of your scouts is to go out and replace him, but you've got him, and you like this year they started nine offensive linemen. Um, Gosh, counting the deep, four different guys started at safety and. Three different like wow. to start at seven corners. Like you have to plan for that. You have to say we need eleven NFL quality defensive backs. So you're gonna have to invest resources into getting that. Um I let me all right, let me ask go, okay. ahead, go ahead, You gotta yourself. No, I just no, want to say like good. no I I just gonna finish my point by saying Andrew Barry gets an A. Not an A plus, not perfect, no one is, but he gets an A for his first year. And what do you say? What's the future in the NFL? Well, what's yesterday? It's gone too. Like, he's not starting over really because he knows. But, like, now every decision means so much more because you're not – you've buried the past. And, and he he deserves all the credit for that, along with Stefanski, along with the players that we've already named. But, like, Dude, they went, what he they does – they win 10 games
1: next year. They're going to put up a poster of him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But also, you know, you can have some things not go your way and be 8-8 eight eight next year. And, you know, right. and like he's got to make the right calls and he's got to think our window to to try to do this and try to close this gap and win actual trophies is now. So what can I do to do it? He's got to do it or else things change quickly.
1: Absolutely. Um, I, I think they're in a good place. It's going to be fun. Here's something I heard. Ryan Leaf on with uh, Dustin Fox and uh and why uh, and, oh, can't I think of this name and both yesterday and i heard something that was and i, I heard ryan leaf I, I never thought i'd say this but i heard ryan leaf say something pretty cool that i instantly thought i wanted to talk and i i'm saying i'm not stealing it but i heard it and i was like i gotta talk to zach about this i love this idea and this is one of those you know sitting around the bar p.s m- moments and you know ryan leaf go the ryan leaf number two quarterback look indianapolis colts almost selected ryan leaf over peyton manning uh 19 years ago or however long ago which is crazy to say but true 23 years ago, you're getting point? old. Yeah, I am. 23 years ago. Man, I was—I was, I looked good 23 years ago, too. Um, but if Tom Brady, who I think we'll all go down, we—you know, he'll go down as one of the best ever at quarterback. If Tom Brady is drafted by the Browns instead of Virgin Wynn, is Tom Brady Tom Brady? And, the, and, and before you answer, because I'm going to give you two of these to go off of this, and I just think this is a fun conversation to have. And if Mahomes gets drafted by the Chicago Bears, is Mahomes the Mahomes we see right now? And I don't think either is. And I think that's a crazy conversation because these two guys—and don't buy that that hyperbole that these guys are trying to make you run to the TV and, and entertain these crazy stuff about mahomes has got to win this game to possibly ever be the goat. That's dumb. That's stupid. He's going to be one of the best quarterbacks of all time, regardless if he stays injury—if he doesn't have a you know a terrible injury and Brady's Brady no matter if he goes out and throws eight interceptions on Sunday. But I think it is a great point, so when we have these conversations of, I don't know if Tom Brady is Tom Brady if he doesn't get drafted into the situation he was drafted into, Zach. um, Yes, he's got the work ethic. Yes, you know, we can talk about all the great things he has to make him who he is. But if he doesn't go to New England and get coached up by New England the way he did, I don't know if he is who he is. And I know Sean Smith maybe told me years ago he kind of made the same point. And look, the Chicago Bears, a couple teams messed up royally in not taking Mahomes. But Mahomes ain't Mahomes if he's in Chicago with the receivers and sets. Andy Reid was perfect for him. Um, would he still have a chance to be good? Sure. Um, but I think that's a legitimate question to talk about when we talk about players. Would they be the same if they were drafted by different teams, Zach? Sure. I mean, it is. we said,
0: there's, there's a few great ones, and there's a lot of good ones. Um, and the lines are thin. Right now, I think with Mahomes, the talent was going to shine through. So, you know, was he going to win 14 games his second year, his first year as a starter, w- without Andy Reid, without Tyreek, without Kelsey? I think you can debate that. I don't think you can debate his outright right. greatness with Brady. Yeah, obviously, you know, the, the system and getting in the way the circumstances the way he did. Now, I think he goes to the Browns or someone else. Um, when his number was called, he was going to show poise and preparation and just things that those other guys weren't going to show. Now, was he going to win a Super Bowl in his third year? Right. And then all of a sudden the whole structure of everything was built around having him and what he could do. And I mean, I think that's an understated part of the great run they had there. They were always 12 and four and a 14 and two and always in the AFC championship game. And sometimes they ran it. Sometimes they threw it deep. Sometimes they played through three tight ends and never threw it deep. Right? Right. Um, I think his. So, was Tom Brady drafted somewhere else going to be in the discussion for greatest football player to ever live? Probably not. Um, Is Pat Mahomes, at the end of his career, if he doesn't get drafted by the Chiefs, going to be in the discussion for greatest football player who ever lived? Probably. But, you know, his story is really. J- just now being written. Um, th- those are interesting yeah. things, but your larger point of environment of system, yes, and that's why yeah. the Browns, yes. for the first time, are uniquely positioned to help these guys go from good to great. It's to me why signing Nick Chubb is a no-brainer because Kareem yep. Hunt is a great player. Um, and we saw when Nick Chubb was out that he's not near the player that Nick Chubb is right. 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 I think, like you said, he he can get better. Well, he absolutely can. He's finally going to have the same offense, the same calls, the same offensive line, the same reads off the first linebacker or the safety that comes down in the box, right? He's going to have a chance to get better as a pass catcher, to get more explosive in the open field. I mean, I I think Nick Chubb was underused this year. The Browns still got to Week 19. (laughs) Like, yes. Right. Yeah, so, uh, yes, organizations – Coaches specifically, systems, but organizations matter in unlocking average to good, in unlocking that perfect fit, and certainly to me, well, and in un- unlocking good to great and super memorable and teams that go on runs that you remember for years and years and years.
1: Well, Tyree Hill, Tyree who I'm not a big fan of because of the off-the-field stuff, whatever, he on most, and you and I both know this, most teams draft him, whether it be the fifth round, whether it be a free agent, he would have been used as a kick returner and a slot guy. Andy Reid has made that guy. I mean, and, and this is why Andy Reid is, is brilliant. Andy Reid is, like, and, and I'm not going to say he's Bill Belichick, but he's close. And I say that because he went to three NFC championship games in a row with Donovan Knapp under center and never in shotgun. Complete. I give him credit because he's grown and changed as a coach. Uh, he's an offensive, but he's an off, like, I know he's, 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 in his Philadelphia days, we made fun of him for, you know, how he kind of did used use the clocks. He wasn't the smartest with the clock and that, but he's been innovative. And I'll give him credit on a guy like Tyreek Hill. Most coaches don't, didn't, or don't know how to use that type of ability. Right? We watched John Gruden this year go out and get one of the fastest guys in the combine, and I know it was only the first year. He had no idea how to use him. Like, as I'm reading stories from L, you know about the about the Raiders, they're like, why'd you go out and get this speed receiver, and you didn't even know how to like use him the best way, to, you know, to help your offense. Um, you know, I look at Denver. They went out and got, you know, what they got, Judy. And they, same thing, like, I read stuff about these two Alabama receivers who I think we all thought were, were pretty great. And obviously they're rookie receivers. And obviously this, this draft class, it's unfair because we had, you know, Jefferson in Minnesota. Um, you know, we've seen so many young receivers now come in and just blow up. We think they all should. It's a hard position to figure out on the NFL level. It is. But my point is, But my point is, like, man, if you get the right coach, that understands the talent he has. And I think Tyreek is the perfect example of that. Because you know what, I mean, most coaches would be like, okay, he's fast, let's put him in kickoff returns, use him in punt returns, and we'll run him on a couple of reverses. Andy Reid has turned their whole offense out of speed zones and speed motions, making your safety come over the top or go back 20 yards because everybody's afraid of this guy's speed. And then you put a, you put a tight end in Kelsey, and you made him into the best tight end in, in football. And, he, and basically down the middle of the field, they assault you like no other franchise has ever assaulted the middle of the field. It is. I love watching what Andy Reid has done with this offense, but it plays into drafting players that fit who and what you are. They got all, they, they don't even need Sammy, uh, uh, Sammy. Watkins. Watkins. Yeah. I mean, they'll, they'll have him on Sunday and he'll run a couple motions motions. They'll throw him a couple screens. That dude was the fourth
0: pick in the draft. <laughs> <laughs> well, he hasn't even played in the playoffs. He's been hurt. Yeah, they haven't needed him. Right. Um, the right? first time they played the Bucks, and it was only week 12, so it's not that long ago, Tyreek had 200 yards in the first quarter, Dre, He finished yes. 13 yes. catches for 269 yards. So, of course, they're they not going to cover him the same, right? They're going to come out. They're right. going to have bracket coverage. They're going to have the deep safety. They're going to mix up the looks. Well, for the first drive or two, Andy Reid's just going to say, okay, and they're going to look over there, and then they're going to throw to the other side, or they're going to throw to the middle. Yep. And then after that, he's going to move Tyreek to the slot. He's going to move Tyreek yep. to the backfield. They're not going to sit there and play that way the whole game. Like They, they have this incredible marriage of brilliant play caller, right? Incredible yep. talent, but they have the imagination. They have the adaptability. I mean, I keep coming back to – I think the world of Denzel Ward as a player and a person, what Travis Kelsey did to him in the middle of the field. Guys, that's one of the top ten corners in the National Football League. Travis yep. Kelsey's a 31-year-old tight end, right? Like, they, Hey, and I don't blame the Browns for putting him on him either. No, it's great. Like, put <laughs> put two guys on Tyreek and put your best corner on Kelsey. I think you might see some right? of that on Sunday, right? I mean, no, no, the Bucks have the Bucks are one of the few teams that has linebackers that can run with him to an extent True. and can allow True. you to do some different things. Um, so the, yeah, they they can hit you with some looks um, and some pressures because because of their superior athleticism at linebacker. But yeah, that's the thing. And, and like I'm looking at the Super Bowl props, Dre. Like who you know first touchdown and first Chiefs touchdown yeah. and all that stuff. Like Andy Reid and Mahomes are so good that. I would not lay a dime on any of that, even though I think Tyreek's going to have another huge game and Travis Kelsey just spits out eight for 110s, you know, like crazy. Right. Because when they get down there, they might throw the fullback, that underhand shit, right? Like, they will yeah. throw yeah. to the fifth receiver. They, You show them what you're going to play, two guys on Tyreek, your best corner on Kelsey or, or whatever, bracket him in the middle. They'll just throw to the guy that's open all year, all the time. They don't care if Byron Pringle scores in the Super Bowl. Like, they, they are, <laughs> they are so good, and I just think – to hold them under 30 points is, if Mahomes plays four quarters, it just doesn't happen. So I think yeah. the Bucks have a chance, and I feel really confident that Tom Brady and Mike Evans will play well. But ultimately, like, if Mahomes has the ball last, he's going to score.
1: If Tampa has the ball last, Tom Brady ain't gonna score?
0: He better <laughs> score with
1: two seconds left. If there's
0: three seconds left, <laughs> Mahomes will score.
1: All right, let me ask you this. I love this. We did this this in the pregame show. You weren't with me on the pregame show. If you have your choice, who do you want? If you have your choice, Brady or Mahomes, a minute and a half left, down four, who do you want?
0: Mahomes. Mahomes.
1: Okay. Wow. Wow. Six times. And I'm not saying, I mean, the the best part about this question, there's no wrong answer. Yes. (laughs) There really
0: is. No, there really is. There's no wrong answer. There really So
1: isn't. you say the over – you think the over
0: is going to be hit? I do. I think, um, you know, we had well, – two years ago was especially bad because that was the Jared Goff game, from which I said he'll never recover. And uh, last, he, year, <laughs> last year the game stayed under. Last right. year the game stayed under. It was a really competitive and entertaining game. And and obviously the Niners came inches from hitting that big one, and the Chiefs put together a couple of just yep. awesome drives. But I think well, Brady wait, starts out, time hot. Time out,
1: time out. i, I got to say something. Time out. I'm okay. sorry. You just hit on something that rounds about everything we're talking about. Remember what you're saying. The 49ers are Super Bowl champs until Sunday if Garoppolo hits one pass. That's right. Garoppolo gets hurt this year, and none of us would bet any money that he's a starting quarterback in 2021. That's how quickly things change, They change. That's all I wanted to say. Yes. No, that's a very good point.
0: That's a very good point. And, and like, it is not hyperbole to say that Mahomes can win 8 of 10. Like mm-hmm. he's that good, and and the, they've surrounded him in this environment like that good. They probably drafted Nicole Hardman because of Tyreek's legal troubles, right? Yep. But like, <laughs> yep. and like last year, I think they tried to force it to him, and he was a rookie, and it's really hard game, and it's especially hard for rookies, especially at the highest level. Yeah. But like, you notice both playoff games, whether they count as runs or passes, he has huge plays. Why is that? Mm-hmm. Because he's comfortable and they're comfortable. So they unlock a completely different dimension of their offense. And eventually it'll be his time to to run as fast as he can, as far as he can. And they'll hit him more than one out of every three times. Like it, in an ultra competitive league that changes all the time, like they, what they have is freaking phenomenal. And it's just going to be really tough to beat. It just, it just is that that goes for the Browns, for the bills, for the Ravens, for Justin Herbert, for wherever Deshaun Watson lands. Like it's going to be really, really hard to beat the chiefs this Sunday, next random Sunday. The Browns might play there in the Thursday night opener. Like if the chiefs are engaged, put it this way. They sat their guys week 17 this year, Dre, right? They lost one game during the year. The Raiders played them awesome. Two times. The game, the, the second game was forty to thirty-two. The Chiefs won. I think it was way back in week five, which is like October tenth. The Raiders.
1: Right, won. Jesus.
0: Counting the playoffs, the last two years, throwing out week seventeen when they sat their guys. This team has won twenty-five of twenty-six NFL games. It goes back oh to God. week five last year when they dropped one. I think on a Sunday night to the Colts, or maybe a week yeah. after that they dropped one to the to someone. But like it goes back to October. Going back to October of 2019, That's and great. it's February 2021, they've won 25 of 26 National Football League games.
1: Half well, of which played I'm... under
0: extre- in extremely high stakes.
1: Right. Well, let me ask you this. If you're Andrew Barry right now, and you just listen to this conversation, and you know all those numbers, and I don't even have an answer to this because it just hit me as you were talking. Are you more worried about building more offense? I mean, I don't even know where you could build more offense on, for the Browns other than get other than, other than what you do at thirteen and how you get speed. What are you trying to get to fix the Browns to be able to go against this offensive force? And defensively, they are so much better. And I knew, and I kind of was saying this before we got to the playoffs. I kept hearing Browns fans saying, "Ah, oh, we can beat the Chiefs. We can score. Their de- their defense is good. They've set it up. It's not great. You don't have to have great defenses." In today's football, the way the game's played and the way points are going to be scored, the way it's officiated, you're not going to maul receivers at the line of scrimmage like you used to. Um, teams pass so much they're going to score because you can't touch receivers past 10 yards downfield. You can't, you just can't do what you used to be able to do defensively in the NFL. And a team like Tampa Bay, or excuse me, like Kansas City, is proving on how they run their offense. If you're if you are, let's say you are Buffalo's GM, Brown's GM, Raiders GM, the hell are you and we saw in the AFC West last year, and i keep bringing this up, they all went out and tried to you know and tried to emulate Kansas City and get speed at receiver, big arm quarterbacks, tight ends that could fly. That's all that the AFC West did trying to keep up with Kansas City. If you're the rest of the NFL, how do you keep up with the Kansas City? Like what do you do? Do you get another yeah. receiver and try to score forty or do you try to get three corners? Because they even have a corner. Their third corner is really, he's their second guy in sacks. They use that Swede kid yeah. who runs a 4-3-40. They, they use him perfectly, Zach. They use him almost as their blitz linebacker on passing downs. Um, they're doing things so much differently than everyone else. It is fun to me to watch these other GMs say, how the hell are we going to catch up with the Chiefs? Yeah, no,
0: you, you need a stable of of DBs. You need a stable of DNs. And you need to score with them. Like, you you are not going to beat them 21, 19, (laughs) right? Like you, you, you need to create big plays. And when you've done that, then you need to use your running game as your defense. Right. Um, You know, the Browns were right there, played them toe to toe. And I know there were strange circumstances with, with the, the no call, the Browns losing the touchdown early and then Mahomes is out, but like you, you cannot settle for threes and you cannot punt. That, that doesn't mean in no. the first quarter when it's, you know, you get take a sack and fourth and 19, you don't punt. But, like, what did Buffalo do? They kicked a bunch of field goals. They went home. Like, you have to say, we are playing to 40 points. And there will come a time, but this time won't come until after halftime when we might have to adjust off that number and make some other decision. But we are playing to convert fourth downs, to get touchdowns, not field goals, and get to a certain number. And if we get near that number... Then our third defensive end. Then our third corner. I mean, it's hard. It's hard, but, like, to beat these guys in a big game. And I do think a big thing for the Browns is they get to play them in the regular season next year, and I don't care if they lose by 40. I'm not saying they will. I don't think they will. But I think that would be so big if the Browns are really a contender next year because you get to live it to know it. And I think that's so big for Tampa. They got so overwhelmed. George, you know in that game in Week 12 – Tampa won the toss at home, deferred. Boom, 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 eight plays, Settle yeah. for a field goal. Tampa three and out, boom, 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 Tyreek Hill, touchdown. Settle, turnover, Tyreek Hill, touchdown. 17 to nothing, 13 <laughs> minutes into the game. You think Tampa wins the toss to take the ball this time? I think so.
1: <laughs> mm, I disagree because Bruce Arians is old school and don't give a, a bleep about what we told Okay, him. well, he's trying I, to win the I Super love- Bowl, so he needs but to take no, no, the ball. No, let, me finish, let me finish, let me finish, though. I love you nerds that get caught up in deferring and not deferring. I have deferred from day one. I know you got your two-point schedule in your little eighth-grade notebook. Mine is on deferring. If you're worried about one possession winning or losing a football game, you ain't got a chance to win the game. Bruce Arians is not caught up in getting down. Now, now look, Luke, getting down 17 nothing was a problem, obviously. Mm-hmm. One possession better not win or lose you a fu- it, football it, game. It doesn't, but when you're dealing with this
0: beast – you're dealing with this beast. Yeah, I
1: disagree. Okay, here, here. I'm going to tell you why. People were saying this to me. I had certain people saying this to me about the Browns-Chiefs game. I'm glad you brought this up. And the Browns deferred. And I said, you know what, though? If, if Hot Rod Hollywood Higgins keeps the ball and goes in or goes down the one and the Browns score a touchdown there, and then they get the ball back and score out of halftime, is anybody bitching about what they did in, 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 deferring at the beginning of the game? No, not at I all. It comes down more, to execution. I, but, see, right. but but Yeah, exactly. And to me, it's more important to me whether I'm winning or losing, and I think – and I know – like, this is just something – this is just my football game. Whether I'm winning or losing, I want the momentum to change, and I want to be able to change the momentum to start the third quarter. If I'm losing, I want the ball. If I'm winning, I want the ball. I hate – because you – here's the deal. You end up playing defense differently and offense differently at the end of the first half if you know you're not getting the ball back. If it's a, like, if they go on the four-minute offense and you're like, shit, they're, they, we can't let them go four minutes – score before the half and then we have to give them the ball back our offense may go an hour without being on the field and it can switch points i understand the theory i understand the thought process i just 100 disagree with it i all think right, no ball, that, that's fair and i didn't say that's important.
0: the that's the be all i'm saying for the circumstances like when you know what you're up against i i don't want to give Mahomes the ball and let him break me like i'm at home i'm bruce arians <laughs> we're off that break Brady Sharp, like I want to get the ball and I want to go right down and let him score. And I'm not discounting what you said, and it never does come down to one position.
1: I'm just saying, everybody, yeah, everybody comes up to their own thing. Yeah, and I'm not even going at you so much. And I get what you're saying in the Super Bowl, but shit. Let's say you get the ball first, you kick a field goal, you have a nice drive. Brady does this, this. You get a field goal, you're up three nothing, and then Kansas City rolls off 21 in a row. That first, you know, like like I understand it. But there's so many more depth to the game, and I know you know that. I just want fans to stop with that with because that, I keep hearing it. And I, and I hear Munch yelling at me during pregame shows of the last few years, and I love Munch. And I'm like, dude, if you don't shut up about the first possession, like if you don't stop him in the fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth possession, you're going to lose anyway. Um, I can see what you're saying with Tampa Bay's situation, but you got Tom freaking Brady. Um, it, 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 it Look, will, it will be debated. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm sure people will debate it. Um, I just think that that offense is so damn good. And, look, Tom Brady is usually better in the second half than he is in the first half of most games. Yeah, so I, I we'll just – there's a play smart. that
0: sticks with me from from the start of the Tampa-Green Bay game. I think it was third down. I'm not sure. It's the first drive of the game. And he sticks one to Mike Evans, right, for about 30 yards, and they score two plays later. And I just think, you know, that's Tom Brady being Tom Brady – Obviously Evans and Godwin are as good as anybody. They're in that top tier, right? Like I I'm playing at home and that doesn't really mean anything anyway. Um, I'm just saying, I want the ball. I want to score first because I'm trying to write a different script than last time. And it was a nightmare script. Um, The game will not be decided by the coin toss. I'm just saying there's a little more thought that goes into this one, playing Kansas city, having played Kansas city and what's at stake. Then yes, Anybody that ever thinks that in week 6 Browns um versus Dolphins that it matters who gets the ball first. <laughs> no. Right? Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm saying yeah. here knowing what you're up against. Knowing you're going to have knowing you're going to get what do you get, Jack? Um seven possessions in a game, 7 to 10 in an NFL yeah. game? 7 to 10. Yeah. Yes. Knowing that you're going to have to get points on 5 to 7 of them to raise that trophy. Right away, I won. Good wanna. point. You know that that's. Not, you're right. No, it, it, I, it is. So many games, especially lately, it feels like in these playoffs, it's it has been a huge, huge thing to get the ball first. And then in the third quarter, the Browns made that run, uh, but they just didn't execute early. Right? You know, that's the only game, Chiefs game in the last two years in the playoffs that the Chiefs scored first. The Browns game. Wow. And, and that you know that, that didn't dicta- that, that didn't dictate it. I'm just saying, if I'm Tampa, I want the lead. I, I, I totally get I trust Tom Brady if it comes to that. We got him because we want the ball, and we want to know that we're not out of it if we're down 10 or certainly if we're down six with a minute and a half left and, and got one timeout, right? But, like, I want to write a different script than the last game, and I want to leave it to my pass rushers. So I want to have the lead if I'm Bruce Arians and Tom Brady. Yes.
1: Yeah. Hey, we got like eleven um,
0: percent phone battery on this computer because I'm not in my normal spot because all hell
1: is broken loose here over the last two days <laughs> and two hours. So it's time to wrap uh, it up. <laughs> you wrap your shit up. Um, so you're taking you're taking KC, is what it sounds like.
0: Um, yeah, but you know the three, the three and a half, depending on where you get it. I, I'm debating that, but I I think the team total for Kansas City is thirty, Dre, and I just think kansas city's course 31 or 35 or maybe even 38 41 and i think they win a close close competitive game i, I think they really pour it on in the second half and, and win like a you don't think, 34
1: 31 type game dude i would totally be with you if they have one of their starting tackles and i, and I don't want to make a big deal about it and i know everybody else will well it could be uh, a big not deal. Not yeah right like not having and having Rimmers start on one side last time Rimmers was in a a, a super bowl he, he was a turnstile <laughs> and help lose the game yeah. uh, for his team. Uh, and I'm not jumping him. I mean, it, you know, it's tough. And, I mean, we watched the Browns go through this. And I think early on you'll see Andy Reid. Um, look, he knows JPP and Barrett are going to be be foaming at the mouth. You will see a lot of tight end screens. Uh, you will see screens of every sort, just like you see with the Browns offense early on uh, to kind of thwart that, that pressure that they're going to get early. Um uh, that that's my only hangup. If they had one of their starting tackles, because you saw against the Browns, Andy Reid basically they you know it, like they, remember the Browns putting like Miles Garrett on one side completely by himself and three guys on the other side. I love what they were doing. Um, Andy Reid is smart enough to be able to cover up having one bad tackle. Covering up two bad tackles, especially the way they like to get guys out in the process. Um, I I'm curious to see what that looks like, Zach. I, I am. Yeah. And, no, I am too.
0: I am too. And that's a concern. Uh, I would say that, you know, with the time off Mahomes should be more mobile, right? I, there was mm-hmm. times in the playoffs that the foot or toe, whatever it is, was clearly bothering him. Right. He was hopping around. Um, and I, and I think, you know, they don't have a run game in Tampa Bay is number one against the run, or certainly in the top three, even if they're not number one against the run. So, I mean, I think their only run game is going to be those those jets and end arounds and reverses. I think you're going to have to do do quick hitting screen things to say, hey, we, even with Pat Mahomes, we want to stay out of third and eight where Tampa's going to bring guys and our tackles have to hold up. Like we are going to, everything's going to be quick and go. So I like, like if you're looking at the props, like completions um, or catches for Hill and for Kelsey, especially for Hill, um, you know, because I think they're going to do a lot, a lot of quick ones.
1: Yeah, so they're going to have to. They're gonna have to. Um, just for – I don't even know who I want to take, to be, to be completely honest. I think it's going to be a great game. I really do. It's going to be a Super Bowl like no other, obviously, with the pandemic. Um, it'll be – I mean, I'll be eating all my favorite foods. and won't be nearly as many people around me. I'm sure Twitter will tell me everything I'm right and wrong about. Um, I hope everybody can do that. I agree with Zach. The game should be on, on what, Saturday night? Yes. I think it's the night that he would like it. I totally agree. This year proves it more than any other. Uh, I am kind of sad, though, that football is over, so much so that I was actually watching the Hula Bowl uh, from Hawaii <laughs> Sunday night. Even I, I didn't watch the like Hula 10... Bowl. I, I, Rex Ryan was the coach, got doused with water. Oh, I, my I God. It. I'm you so glad
0: you said this because I have <laughs> an American Fireworks Glory Day story for you. Perfect. Perfect. Let me Bowl.
1: just say two other things. Let me okay. say two other things and then you can wrap up everything else with that. Um, I know I, – and, and, I, and some people will take this wrong. Some people will take it right. This is my baseball thing. I'm glad we're going to have baseball. I'm still so sick of hearing them fight about just how ridiculous they are. But it is, it's what baseball is, and it's unfortunate because it is a great game. Uh, at some point in time, I do want to have conversations about how to make the game better in everyone else's eyes. Uh, I know we're all sick of hearing the players' union and, and, the, and, the, and management go back and forth. Um, the Nolan-Arenado situation, I, I, like I said earlier about um, we take things personal for our personal teams because that's the team we watch every week and every night and every day. Um, but what happened in Colorado? What happened here in Cleveland? What happened in Boston last year? Um, until Major League Baseball wants to be big boys and look in the mirror and realize that when the team drafts players, cultivates players, and they turn into stars and the teams can't keep them, whether they're in Boston, whether they're in Colorado, or whether they're in Cleveland, you have a problem. Um, I know it's easy here in Cleveland to be pissed at the Dolans, pissed at the Indians, pissed at the situation because it's personal. Um, at some point, and we don't take Major League Baseball as a personal thing. Um, I get it, but I hate it because you and I – Zach and I are talking about the NFL and trades, and we talked, you know, a couple weeks ago about the Harden trade to the Nets. And by the way, if you're into the betting and putting some money down, just always take the, the over on the Nets, and you can sleep happily if you put a hundred dollars down. Over it's all 243 games, this three tonight
0: against the Clippers. Is the take total?
1: It. Oh, take it, take it. Put a hundred dollars <laughs> down; it's 1,200 in your pocket. That takes that from Uncle Dre um it's money in the bank baby it's so much it's so much fun to have hot stove in all these sports and talk about Mitch, you know putting this guy on this guy and it sucks because and it goes back to what I was talking about with windows it's 2021 in 2016 when the Indian season ended and the Chicago Cubs season ended the Cubs finally won a World Series the Indians didn't as we all know both fans from both sides said man our windows are just opening up and this shit's gonna be fun for the next 10 years wrong <laughs> <to go quit.
0: laughs> that's right no that's the whole theme of this podcast is when you get there man you better make the right decisions and you better go for it because you are not guaranteed for it to last one more month let alone three more years
1: right and right. I'll, I'll say this because i know people t- tweet at me and everything else it ain't my jurisdiction it ain't a, and what i pay get paid for or don't get paid for the Mickey Calloway callaway story is sad uh in its own right um and, and for people that want to blame teams and things like that man look in the mirror this is America. This is what's happened in America. It's been happening in, in professional business settings for up teen years, um, and, it's, and I'll be and I'll be real with this. Until so men deal with this situation and call it out better, it's going to exist. The old boy network has always been there. I'm not blaming anybody. It is what it is, and it's unfortunate because it is. Um, it sucks. It, and I'm not it, making it light is. of
0: anything here. We tell you on this program the two things are undefeated. Um, yep. Screenshots are, are close thirds, so keep that in mind as you go about your life.
1: Somebody, yes. somebody tweeted us, the ground is undefeated, too. Did somebody get hurt? They was like, the ground hurt. <laughs> oh, yeah, somebody said, oh, B.J. Not- B.J.
0: Goodson. Yeah, they said, what happened to your shoulder? He <laughs> said, the ground is undefeated. I said, no, B.J., let's talk. Let's talk about what's really undefeated. <laughs> All right, so All right.
1: Just quick just story short, here is we're down short.
0: to 2% battery. <laughs> um, I have a group of friends that I went to college with that they go every year on Martin Luther King weekend to Vegas. And I have only gone, I think once, maybe I went another time and I've just was so young and so dumb that I don't remember it at all. But, um, you know, my excuse has been, I'm usually covering a coaching search. And then frankly, as I've gotten older, like I know what a weekend in Vegas would do to my body and to my oh, life in general. Oh. So I just have made the, cho- even in the years I haven't been covering a coaching search, I've chosen not to go. Right. So the one year I went, um, a lot of fun. Like I said, I, this was 12 ish, 13 ish, 15 ish years ago. So I um, had been separated from college and from my buddies, had a great time, you know, did all of the whole thing. Well, Sunday afternoon, there were NFL games and I won. And I hadn't slept in days. I hadn't eaten a good meal in days. I hadn't done anything. It, it was time for this party to be over. So as I'm at the window collecting my money for whatever NFL game that I won on, I look up and the Hula Bowls coming on TV. And Justin's wick was playing in the hula bowl. So this tells me this was like 2006 or seven. Right. Right. Um, So I just was like, well, you know, I love Justin, but um, I know what his environment's like in in an all-star game setting. And I, it's tough. Uh, I don't think he's very good. So I took all of my winnings and I put it on under in the hula bowl. So I got the ticket and I went up to the room and I went to sleep. Didn't even make it to the bed. Um, Three hours later, I woke up turned on the TV, and the score of the Hula Bowl was 6-3. to I cashed my ticket on the way to the airport about three hours after that and went home for the one and only time in my life, a big winner. That's been American Fireworks Glory Days. Thanks to them. Thanks to you guys. Enjoy the Super Bowl. We'll talk to you soon.
1: Bang, bang.